welcome to Dark Hammer, a Docker Days radio podcast all about the worlds of Warhammer RPGs, uh, including Age of Sigmar, Warhammer 40k, and Warhammer Fantasy RPG. Uh, and I am one of the regular Docker Days radio hosts, Chris, and I am joined as always by David. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, good evening. Um, I'm good. Yeah, um... I'm a bit tired, but I'm all right otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, um, hectic couple of days. Yeah. On this episode, uh, this will count as Dark Hammer episode three. Um, we will be talking about orcs, orcs, orcs. Um, basically, orcs in all three settings. Uh, and yeah, we'll be looking at the nuances of how maybe you, you would want to present them uh, and use them in your games. And in the case of Wrath and Glory, how to play as orcs and get across how they're interesting and different and kind of fun. Um, and that you can actually we... use them as characters. Yes, exactly. So before we get into that, uh, we'll do a bit of a game update uh, and hobby update. Dave, what have you been up to hobby-wise? Hobby-wise, so... Um put up that post a couple of days ago oh um, yes about most <clears throat> excuse me about mostly what i'm going to be doing this year um so that's over on the uh the blog on the mm -hmm. wordpress blog for darker days um where i talk about kind of my plans for an osiak bone reaper army that i'm currently building i've just kind of they're finished they're finished built i've just kind of put up some plants on them this morning making them look a bit griblier I've got, uh, what else have I got going? I've got my Deepkin that I need to repaint because um, they're a bit shabby and boring looking. Um, I've got some competition pieces I'm going to be working on at the moment um, for Salute. If mm -hmm. in, whenever Salute is, I can't remember now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then the big thing that we're kind of doing, uh, my gaming group, we've kind of started work on uh, something called Dark Skies Over Harrowmark. And this is a Dark Age of Sigmar game we're going to run in about 18 months, uh, where we are kind of... it's a Dark Age of Sigmar is the Age of Sigmar version of Inc. 28. It's fully kit-bashed, homebrew rules, um, Blanchitsu-style mm. Age of Sigmar. Cool. And we're creating kind of our own twist on the Carrick Eight Peaks story yeah. and making a Barrack Eight Winds story where we're going to all kitbash a load of flying ships that are all downtrodden, crashed out and dirtified up. And uh, hopefully at some point, maybe run a game of it. Um, and we're also writing a massive background piece based on it as well. So mm. um, that's kind of, that's the plans at the moment. And that's what we're I'm up to. About you, uh, I've not done much gaming wise. I've uh, been trying to. I've have made a more of a stab at getting some painting done. Uh, working on um, what are they? Black Legion Space Marines, uh, Chaos Space Marines for Blackstone Fortress. And um, it just reminds me of that I just hate doing black armor. Like trying to get the high, the edge highlighting right on Space Marine armor, especially when. It's chaos space ring armor, so it's not very you know, you don't have nice uh neat regular edges to follow. It's it's a bit more of a challenge. Um 
And then the other thing I painted, which I can actually say, is the Corvus Cabal for yes. Warcry Age of Sigma. So the that I've done completely in uh, in contrast paints. There will be a painting guide that will be on the uh, Dark Days Radio blog uh, because, and at some point, I would like to think um, I can get in a game with them and record the game, so do a batch rep with them, uh, because this warband will be given away in a raffle at a certain event coming up, which, of course, is the Swansea Comics and Game Convention. So that just got announced literally like yesterday. Uh, the announcement for that went out. So um, that is in April, and I am a guest speaker at the event. So I will be there with uh, people like Howard uh, Ingham, who has previously worked on things like uh, Chronicles of Darkness RPGs, and also has his book, uh, 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 They Don't Look Back, which is about folk horror films. Uh, talking about horror in gaming, and I will have my own little panel uh, talking about um, what will I be talking about? I'll be talking about my entire, you know, history with Warhammer, as in Warhammer, you know, Games Workshop games, going from how I got into it to working for the company to, you know, the years not playing them, and then back into playing it and eventually writing for it, because as of also, like today, yesterday, um, yeah. for transparency's sake on this podcast, because we have transparency on Dark Days Radio, because we're a free podcast. Um, and so, and because I'm coming with, even though we're free uh, and we're not paid for advertising or anything and or shilling, we have transparency. So, for transparency's sake, uh, as everyone knows, I write for the Wrath and Glory RPG. I have something in the works for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Uh, and now I will be contributing in the future to the Age of Sigma RPG, which is called Soulbound. Which, yep. funnily enough, are you doing something for Soulbound? I, I am, yes. Yeah. Yes, um, funny this. Yeah. I found, we found that one out yesterday. Um, so so, yeah. so I guess we'll be doing, we'll be doing uh, completely under NDA, of course. We'll be um, doing our own private kind of workshopping meetups to figure out what the hell we're writing because there's one thing is when you're where you're writing is you know it's wonderful in the age of the internet that you can write and and collaborate with the other writers on books but it's always good to meet up in person to Bounce talk shit <laughs> and, and and go is this a good idea and it's like yes or is that no, what you really bullshit. mean yeah. um so that'll be fun um other things that are going on um uh, let's think on the blog we have my quick review of Mortal Realms, which is a part works by Hatchet and Great Little Set Games Workshop. Yeah, so it's a it's a weekly uh, magazine. Is it bi-weekly? It's bi-weekly, weekly, bi-weekly, whatever. You get four a month. Um, and it is a magazine that comes with miniatures and paints, etc., etc., in the same way that they did for 40k and in the ma magazine called Conquest. This is for Age of Sigma, and in the first issue, for like three quid, you get uh, what is equivalent of a ten-pound box of Stormcast Eternal. So you get the um, the Sequiturs uh, three-man set, which has the cool um, female Stormcast who leads them. 
because she's a butch badass. Um, and also you get a unit of 10 uh, chain rasp uh, for the night haunts. That's like worth 25 quid on its own. And then dice and other bits and uh, a guide on how to put them together. They're push build models, which is easy. Um, and in future issues, you get more miniatures, paints, brushes, blah, 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 blah. So, and you'll learn the game of the world as it builds up. And I think actually for what you're getting, you know, I think actually it's not that bad value because it's holding it's your hand really as you go. Um, and yeah, I mean, even if you only go with it for a, for like the first month or two months, you're going to be introduced to the setting and the games in a way where you've only dipped your toe in and if you don't like it you've not spent loads of money but if you do like it and you want to skip to the end you can obviously go get a box game and hobby materials or if you're still not too sure and you know and you want to just build up and it's quite good for you if you've got like kids that are like under the age of like 12 i think this is a yeah. it kind of does the trick yeah it's quite nice because it allows you even if you just do it for those like first two months or so, you'll get a nice little core force of two armies to yeah. use. Um, and if, if as you go on, they'll they'll start releasing. They, they're going to release terrain pieces as well for it. So yeah, yeah. the terrain um, that they, they, they've listed they'll release is like from Warcry. It's like good terrain. Yeah, some of the terrain pieces they're going to be putting in are amazing. So um, and yeah, it's an it's if you are interested in Age of Sigmar, but you're not. You don't want to take the, the 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 dive into like the Soul Wars box set for ninety odd quid or something. Um, this is a really nice, easy way, gentle introduction. Each episode, each magazine will give you a little bit of the rules, so you're not kind of getting everything thrown at you at once. Um, and you do get these pretty cool models for for dirt cheap. So yeah, so um, I'm picking up on. I'm picking a yeah. few up. Uh, let's see what else um what else has happened or been announced. So for Soulbound, the Age of Sigma RPG, we've got the list of what products will be coming out initially. So there's gonna be the starter set, core game, uh rule book, and uh and a GM screen, yeah, that has some more like a supplement booklet with it with yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head what other bits in there. But yeah, some oh no, it has like um descriptions of locations, so some brief overviews of the main locations in uh the mortal realms so you know like the cities of like um hell uh hammerhold and, and, yeah those kind of places so that's that's kind of cool um also what else we had episode wise you can go and listen to uh our interview from pats unplug with uh neil ramon price who and Monica Specker, Mike interviews them regarding Ex Onyx Path, White Wolf Game, uh, Exalted Essence, which is a cut-down version of Exalted, easier to get into, uh, and also talks to them about Scion. So that's a really cool episode. Uh, also, we've just recorded, and it'll be coming out likely after this episode, because of you know, even though I've only just recorded it, it's actually coming out after this is um, myself and James interview Flyos Games about their miniatures. Well, it's a board game that has miniatures, so it's not truly a, a true miniatures board game because the miniatures aren't a requirement. 
um, but it's for Vampire the Masquerade, and it's called Chapters. And there's some really interesting mechanics in that, so it's worth um, looking Certainly. at the that. Yeah, look, look at the video they've got on Facebook about it. That gives you a bit of a teaser to it. Um, by the time this episode comes out, and that episode comes out, uh, the Kickstarter will be running as of like February time. So uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, it's a really good interview. You can tell that me and James like <laughs> Noah, we were like really interested on in how this game works, and because it's kind of like a, a bit like Kingdom Death, a bit like Blackstone Fortress. Mm -hmm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. As in, as in, we're talking long campaign legacy type game. Uh, oh, brilliant. Uh, let's think. Um, and then also on the drive through RPG Storytellers Vault, we have the Secret Frequency Files, which has been written by myself, Mike, and James. It has content for Chronicles of Darkness, so Vampire the Requiem. Geist, Mage, you know, although you know it has content which is usable across all of those game lines, or just pure mortals, um, and that's already selling relatively, relatively quite well. So I'm quite happy with that. Um, I'm working on something new already, uh, but you know, other things have turned up. Um, right, I think that is it, or is it? Um, one oh no, the other thing if you go on on tabletop, I have pictures of and the painting guide for my uh dark uprising terrain and kill team terrain, so it's really dead simple. Um, so it's a guide on how to paint all that because that took freaking ages. That was what my Christmas was spent doing, uh, was painting Necromunda terrain. <laughs> Orcs, orcs, orcs. Okay. Um, orcs, orcs, and orcs. Yeah. So, Games Workshop in their, uh, I guess, obviously to unify themes, orcs, for the most part in their settings, are all quite similar. They're green, they're brutish, they're, you know, they're stooped over, um, and they, they have like a. And they like to fight and they have a relationship with fungus. So uh, do you want to just give us a brief overview of the, the core basics of these orcs? Because they're obviously if people have played other games, like, I don't know, something that involves dungeons and some dra uh, and dragons, or maybe... maybe... They're on a world and there might be some kind of war and being crafted there. Or a place that involves some rings and a big freaking eye um <laughs> so how are these or what are these orcs then do you want to give us a quick introduction yeah so um across all well specifically 40k and age of sigma they are termed basically fungus um the orcs um orcs and orcs um but it's kind of again a bit like fantasy Age of Sigma. They're not. It's not well known where they've come from, um, but people believe they are fungoid creatures. Um, generally, they are run by. They they work in tribes or clans, um, where the biggest, strongest one is the leader, because he survived the longest. Um, so your orcs, you kind of your big green 
punchy, strong, brutish characters. Um, one thing that is kind of coming through nowadays is it's not just brutish, but it's also the phrase com- is coming out now for all of the right, all, all three systems is kind of like brutal and cunning or cunning and brutal. They're kind yeah. of aspects of the same, they try and use aspects of the same thing, but it's always brutal. Um, they always, they, 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 they um, have this thing called the WAG, which is kind of like a psychic connection to each other, a psychic power that kind of brings them all into one place and brings them into the fight. And the more of them that are there, the more powerful this WAG happens. And therefore more of them get together and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and just becomes this mass wave of destruction. And these things are generally human size, but pure muscle, aggression, feral, big teeth, slobbery, crazy murder things. Yeah. Um, I think we can within, drill down within, let's sorry? drill down into into physiology. Let's let's go for that first, because that's the thing that's really quite common across all three settings. Yeah. So as you said, they're fungoid, which means they they uh, grow from mushrooms ground yeah they grow from the ground uh they emerge from the ground they shed spores from themselves which leads to the life cycle of of that's certainly more 40k um it's a it's kind of suggested in some places that might in the other ones but it's not yeah but this in those settings obviously there's less of a well-known science to understand Mm. what the orcs are so let's just assume they're mostly have a relationship with fungus and how they grow. Yeah, they're definitely fungus and they're kind of... Yeah. And fungus, funguses are all about spores. Um, yeah. Orcs, the orcs aren't just orcs. There's there's the orcoid races, which all mostly have the same kind of life cycle. So we've yep. got orcs, goblins or grots, or... snotlins or snots, um, and then squigs in the wild amounts of different squigs there are. Um, and orcs have an innate knowledge of to do what they do. So in other words, like, you know, the, the, the basics of what they do. So like, you know, they know they're kind of almost born with the knowledge of how to fight and they're born with the knowledge of how to do basic, um, things to allow their, their little, I guess, little villages, their little tribe, tribal villages to operate. Born with um, hunting knowledge, they know they know that they need to go out and hunt. Yeah. And then, and then the other thing with orcs is, as I said, they, there's this um, fungal nature to them uh, that's somehow within their body, which allows them to survive quite grievous wounds. I guess yep. all all of the um, all of them. Yeah, orcs themselves are stand i would i don't know mostly they stand six foot tall but actually they're hunched over so they would be a lot taller if they weren't hunched and uh they're relatively speaking quite large arms compared to their legs uh they've got wide set jaws and smaller foreheads so their brains are mostly quite tiny uh, and big tusk-like teeth uh that jut out yeah and big big mouths yeah, and they're, they're pure muscle, as you said. They'll, they'll beat the living crap out of you. Uh, grots, 
smaller than a human, so we're going to say what anywhere between mostly about four foot tall. Yeah, um, probably a bit smaller than a dwarf. So you're looking at three to four foot tall. Yeah, yeah. and obviously yeah. a lot more clever and cunning. Um, yeah, and, uh, and not as pointy. fighty. So they need to do the the yeah. the running around, the stabby, steely style of fighting. Gangly, pointy noses, pointy ears, green. You get the idea. Snotlings look like grots. They're just smaller again. Um, and squigs are like uh, the best way to describe them. balls of madness? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, rotund bags of teeth. Like they're just one big yeah. mouth and on a ball of flesh with a tail. And, you know, normally a pair of legs with, you know, claws on it. And yeah. they'll come in all manner of sizes. Some might even have wings. Um, yeah, in in Age of Sigma, you've definitely got things that are massive, yeah, like mammoth-sized squigs. You've got fly ones in Age of Sigma as well. So, and then um, the other the other thing that's common, which you you touched upon, is um, their gods. Yes, so um, we've got Gork and Mork, which is also collectively known as Gork and Morker. Yep. So in in fantasy. It was two separate gods. It was Gork and Mork, one being the god of um, kind of br- the more brutal side of it. So your Black Orcs, your, your um, Grimgore Iron High, let's run out and punch everything and start mass fights. And then you've got Mork, who is kind of seen as more of the, the cunning side of, in a way, um, who would probably be more related to the... Um, I can't remember the name now. I can only think of the Age of Sigmar version, which is Bone Splitters. Um, but the more tribal esque orcs who go out and they use the weird boys and the shamans and have the magical side of it and are seen as a bit odd by the punchy ones because they like paint. Um, in Age of Sigmar, Gork and Morka was a two headed god originally um, and fought with Sigmar, but. As things went on, he split into his two aspects. Um, he's tools kind of seen as one god, but is also seen as two gods under the same Gork and Mork. So it's all it's a little bit confused in Age of Sigmar as to whether it's one god or two god, or whether it's one two-headed god, but it's still two aspects of that cunning and that brutal um, kind of idea. Um, for there. What's funny is Gork and Walker is basically a play on the idea of um, from the Bible of um, uh, from biblical texts of uh, Gog and Magog, yes. <laughs> which is which is amusing. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not too too au fait with the 40k ideas whether they whether they have any gods or not. Whether uh, they have what? Sorry. Whether they have gods in Warhammer 40k? Yeah, they, of course they do. Yeah, they have yeah. A manifestation, um, yeah. like all. All the races in um, other than other than the Tau, uh, they mm-hmm. have a, a there are psychic um, psychic you know, resonance of Resonate. the race in total. Uh, so you've got Gork and Mork referred to as Gork and Morker. Um, so whether that you had Gork and Morker the game, didn't you? So yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, they do exist as gods. Um, okay, cool. So I think that covers the basics you need to understand about. Orc, orcs, what they look like, physiology, 
um, and really? the commonalities across all three settings. So to begin, let's drill down into Warhammer 40k Orcs. Yep. So uh, I'll go through this one because I, I put the notes together on this one. Yeah, and, it's it's um, more... Is, more your area yeah so okay so orcs they have been around since forever they've existed uh well before the imperium came about humanity has always had to fight them at some point um and they may well date back all the way to the war in heaven uh during the war between the great old ones and the Catan and the uh and the necrons uh orcs possibly were designed by the old ones to be immune to fear as a true you know warrior uh, race and you know orcs as they as we said are a um you know i wouldn't say meritocracy but it's might is right and as orcs grow they get darker in skin tougher with age more powerful they get bigger so they, they're constantly growing uh this may well be a manifestation of the of their um of latent psychic abilities so in other words like because they believe they're tougher, they get bigger and become tougher, mm. that kind of thing. Uh, orcs classify themselves. They have a, a hierarchy. So you have basic orcs, which are, called, which are just generally known as boys. Boys are led by knobs, and knobs in turn are led by a big war boss who leads the whole war. Uh, but then we've got some other things in, in there as well. So you've got um, all manner of... Um, technologically minded orcs called mech boys and we'll, we'll talk about orc technology because it's kind of strange uh you've also got uh less prominent mech boys in other words the the ones that aren't as you know they're just doing the basic stuff looking after vehicles which i don't think they're quite as known as this in in 40k but they were they're called this in gorkamorka called spanners and then we have weird boys who are our psychics uh, so they have psychic abilities uh, and also talk to or consult with um, uh, Gork and Mork. So they're kind of also priests. Uh, and then we have Pain Boys, who are the, the medics. Runtherds, who uh, also are kind of like Runtherds, essentially look after. They're the animal husbandry. So it means snotlings, snots, rocks, yeah. squigs. Uh, do they have historians? For you, you just asked, you just put my notes go. Do they have historians? Yeah. I'm not I too certain. They, they I don't have... think they give a damn. No, they do. I was talking to this about with someone um, a couple of days ago, and they have somebody who me memorizes or doesn't really write down or have a historian, but they they have like the the story of the tribe. Right. I think it might be the weird boys, but I can't remember. Most um, probably. I'll probably get shouted that for forgetting that or getting it completely wrong. So, so I apologize if it's wrong, but yeah. So talking about. So yeah, so that's kind of like the structure of the of an orc tribe, uh, and the roles that you know they play within it at the most basic level. Obviously, grots are in that as well. Grots will be like performing roles, but they're generally the underlings, the slave race to the orcs. Um likewise with the snots then what we then have are tribes so the orcs across the galaxy like to group themselves together into particular tribes or clans so they're the goth orcs who are kind of just your basic standard kind of orcs that follow they're not really doing anything special 
in any particular way. They're just your run-of-the-mill brutes. Uh, we have um, snake bites who are a bit more um, a bit more feral. Uh, they like to ride around on cyborgs and and on and on gi giant squig-like animals and so forth, uh, and and shun some of the more ostentatious mech boy technology. We have the evil sons. Uh, they're really into their vehicles and going Red fast. Going faster. Yeah. Uh, Death Skull looters. Uh, they sound exactly as they sound. They will steal from other tribes. Uh, they will use any technology they can get hold of. Uh, Imperial technology, Eldar technology, uh, Necron technology even. They'll try some way to get it to work for what they want. Uh, bad Moons. Uh, essentially, the Bad Moons are like the, the most... Think of the Goth Orcs, but they're, they're more well-off and able to, mm. to fund their, their wars. So that's because I think Bad Moons regrow teeth quite rapidly. Yeah, I was going to say, like, teeth are their uh, um, form currency. of currency. Yeah. And that goes kind of, it goes into fantasy as well, and it's not mentioned in Age of Sigmar, but yeah, yeah, orcs use their teeth for currency. And then we have the Blood Axes, and the Blood Axes are a orc clan which is most probably more happy with dealing with the, the Umis, as in weak humans, because they like to buy off them tanks and technology to use. So, um, and Blood Axes are, are a strange lot, because orcs generally don't give a damn about camouflage. Uh, Blood Axes kind of also mimic humans, in, and especially mm. the Imperial Guard, and will try and camouflage their vehicles. So, in a brief sense, there are lots of orc... In, in, if you're playing Wrath and Glory whether you're representing orcs as antagonists or you're playing as orcs, you have a lot of choices in um, whether you're playing a boy, a knob, a weird boy, a spanner, a mech boy. You know, what role do you play in your little cadre of orcs? And then also which tribe are you all from? You'll likely all be from the same tribe. And that will really mean you can tailor the, the group template in, uh, for a particular play style. There are some subclasses. So we have speed, uh, the Cult of Speed or Speed Freaks. Now, this is something which is not just for the Evil Sons. Every group, mm. every clan of orcs will have these nut jobs. And this is where we get into the really crazy battle wagons that, uh, and buggies that turn up, uh, such as like the Shock, shock Attack Dragster, which is able to teleport, and the... Um, Boom Decker Snaz Wagon and the Custom Booster Blaster, which is basically kind of like this hot rod type vehicle. Or I think there's a there's one which is able which has like uses um buggy which uses squigs as like you know grenades and stuff yeah. like that. It's ridiculous. So there's a box game called Speed Freaks, which is really fun. It's a very beer beer and pretzels type game. Uh it's not really Gork and Walker, but it's kind of it's got some cool vehicles in it. Um, the idea of the war for Armageddon and the the wags of the cult yeah. speed out there. So it's quite it's quite a nice little flashback. Then we've got um, flash gits. So flash gits are really kind of death skull looters on on like acid, as in they will have like the most ridiculous guns ever that are like 
like combi weapons that combine like a grav gun with like a plasma cannon and they've just got all the best technology uh, you've got uh, you've got commandos which again blood axes tend to have more of than other orc clans commandos are the very epitome of cunning brutality as in they will sneak around wearing night vision goggles or the equivalent of them uh, not being heard which is seems kind of strange and then once they've infiltrated somewhere like brutally massacre everyone or plant like you know uh, bombs everywhere uh, so they're hilarious again you can play as those in wrath, wrath and glory and again a flash kit you could quite easily play in wrath and glory if you if your gm just you know you you, you go right you've got a aptitude for ridiculous weaponry and then you can play or you can play a feral orc so again you could be like your orc you could say that you have an orc talent which means you don't have an aptitude for technology but you do have an aptitude for uh talk you know dealing with animals so animal husbandry animal ken uh, which would allow you to ride animals and and look after them finally we have freebooters now freebooters are the orcs that you could play who could potentially be part of a cadre of a rogue trader so freebooters are orcs that are literally that they're pirates they are they they will get, work for any war boss anyone that will pay them well anything they want uh they try to look fancy they want to have the fanciest weapons they want to have the fanciest threads they want to have a cool spaceship to go places and you know because of their dreams and aspirations they might well end up in the crew of some human uh so that's a very interesting character type that leads you to a very interesting party for uh, for a game of Wrath and Glory. Certainly, uh, something I would love to try in one game. Yeah. I'd love to get a free booter in a, in one of the one of the groups. So, really, given that and everything else we said about orc physiology and and so forth, um, essentially, you can you shouldn't just present orcs as just mindless things to kill. There is a lot of nuance to orc society, how you represent it, what their settlements look like, what their technology look like. Uh, the fact that their technology is very difficult to be used by humans, something to do with the machine spirits, or maybe it's something to do with the gestalt psychic entity of, of the orcs. We don't know, but it's it's difficult to for humans or other races to use orc technology, even though it looks like a piece of crap, it does the job and it does it quite well. Uh, yeah. Even though orcs are kind of a crap shot, they're no good at they're they're, they're just blindly shooting in the right direction. Um, let's think. What else can we say about? Um, I was going to say something else about orc technology. Obviously, orcs have a manner, all manner of um, of of vehicles ranging from bikes and buggies up to their own forms of tanks all the way up to their own form of walkers, like stompers, and then bigger again when you get to things like their titans, which are called... Uh, what the hell are they? Gargants. There we go, yeah. Um, and auto technology is also quite wild and interesting. They ha they create uh, null, null space bubbles, which allow them to, to make, uh, make 
space hulks safe to occupy and also that acts as shields around their gargants. They have that we would need an entire another hour to talk about orc technology. Is that weird and crazy? Um, you know, whether it like I think what well, to put it bluntly, the orcs have a gun called a snotling shock attack gun, which basically creates a portal from the weapon into the target and then they chuck snotlings through it uh, at high speed. And either they cause damage and splat against you, or they'll get into your armor and then all havoc. Um, it's only so yeah. they're crazy. They're great. Um, you... The best thing about orc technology, I think, is it is that idea of red red ones go faster. It's yeah. because they believe it will work. It works. It does. Yeah, it's and that if they think it's going to work, so they make this stupid gun. It will work. It will do something. As long as it causes mayhem and chaos, they're not really too bothered about it. And you could play an orc campaign quite interestingly for for Wrath and Glory. You could just play a a group of boys and they're on a battlefield and you're doing lots of little missions set uh, set by your war boss. And obviously, you could probably go up the hierarchy and become famous. or you can play a bit more sandbox with orcs, and maybe even play a game which vaguely has the inklings of Gorkamorka, where you're a a a, uh, a little gang of orcs with their truck riding around in some desolate post-apocalyptic uh, landscape, trying to to uh, make that. fame and glory. Uh, or you could be all manner, or you could be like freebooters on some orc spaceship, uh, traveling, traveling the uh, the galaxy, um, you know, beating up people and making tons of cat, uh, making tons of loot and cash off things. Um, there's just so much you can do with Wrath and Glory and orcs that it, they don't have to just be brainless things that you kill. Yeah, the, the, it's it's. Um... Kind of for me, it goes across all three versions, three three systems. Um, the the overarching image that Games Workshop have put out about the orcs and orcs is that they are big, punchy, warlike race. Yes, they are on the overarching image of what they are to the other races, but when you kind of delve into them as an actual species and you look at kind of who and what they are, there are many different types and there are many different ways in which these different tribes and groups behave and how they interact with other things. There's a lot more within the orcs than just go, I want to go punch something. Um, they want technology to, to help fight. They want to travel through space to try and find other things. They want to, some of them want to trade. Some of them have these latent psychic, power, psychic abilities powered by the WAG that make them act in ways that are not seen as normal by orcs, which could mean they, they, they become tactical, God forbid. Um, so there's, there's other things within the actual orc society that make them very, very good and very interesting as a concept to actually play rather than fight against. So yeah. there's a lot of ways you can kind of look at them differently to how they're mostly portrayed um, in role-playing. I think we'll see that as we kind of come through the orcs and orcs side of it a bit more. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Let's let's move on to talk about orcs. Then. Do you want to talk about Warhammer Fantasy orcs? Because I think that then preps us for orcs, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, what am I fantasy? Uh, so again, it's kind of we've got the same basics that we've come we see across all of the all three of them. You've got um, Gork and Mork, they're fungoids. Um, they like to fight each other. Might makes right, so the bigger the bigger and stronger ones are the leaders. You've got your orcs, who are the who are the larger ones, goblins, which then go down to snotlings. And then you've got squigs as well. So you're seeing the entire aspects across all three there. Um, within fantasy, though, um, their origins are kind of unknown, um, but they are the first kind of enemy of mankind um, and the first kind of major problems that mankind has to overcome to become civilized in a way. Um, so the, they're the ancient ancestral enemy of Sigmar. Um, so when he has his rise to power and unites the tribes of man, he does it by um, trying to expel all the warring orc tribes um, across the empire. Um, so they are kind of the traditional bad guy in Warhammer fantasy. Um, but as kind of time goes on, obviously that obviously changes and we end up with chaos kind of coming down. But um they now kind of in in kind of where fantasy is set now they are operating kind of, they operate all over the empire but mainly they're in the forests um at the bottom of mountains and kind of wandering tribes and towards i think there's a kind of a big sway towards the south of yes. the empire and across the borders um on the southern yeah. side you've got the border princes uh, yeah. towards the south East and then to the east, yeah. you've got the world's edge mountains, and beyond that, there's the wastelands where the orcs generally are massed. Yeah, because uh, they were driven that way in ancient times by some calamity, you know, some unknown in yeah. the east. Yeah, but yeah, within those kind of within, especially within the world's edge mountains, that's kind of where you see a lot of the goblin goblin tribes uh, kind of living and. Fighting along with the chaos, uh, not the chaos, with the uh, the dwarves who are living out there. Um, then with that, you've got the forest goblins as well, who kind of live around in the forest um, around there. There are kind of two, uh, well, there's kind of three main types of orcs. Yeah. In a way, within fantasy, you've got your normal orc boys. They're just kind of your your, your bog standard. They're, they're your bog standard troops who will either run around with big cleavers or run around, uh, walk around with big bows and try and hit things with the bows, but generally miss. Um, then you've got your black orcs, and these are your big, big, punchy, scary orcs who have the best armor, the best weapons. They are heavily armored, standing even in their hunched up kind of form. They're a bit more erect than the normal boys. But when even when they're kind of doing their hunched oversize, they are probably eight, nine feet tall of pure muscle and rage, heavily armored in sheets of steel and iron, big cleavers, one-handed, two-handed weapons, and just scary as hell. And then the other ones you've got are your savage orcs. And these, again, these are kind of more of your feral orcs that you see in 40K. Um, these are your psychic ones. These are the ones who are seen as a bit odd by the rest of the orc race where they think that painting themselves um, 
brings them closer to the gods and brings them closer to the warg energy and the psychic powers that it brings with it they run around with bone bone clubs and axes um throw rocks at things and probably have a bit more of a closer relationship with other creatures within the world so your trog mm. uh, your trolls um probably your squigs and you do get a lot of um boar boys within the savage orcs as well so they have that kind of more closeness to to nature yeah um, than the others so, and then we've got the different types of goblins because there's there's a lot yeah. of stuff to do with goblins isn't there yeah yeah so you've got your um the two main ones your night goblins and your forest goblins um but each of these again they're kind of broken up into different clans as well so your night goblins are obviously pretty much what it says on the tin uh they run around at night long black robes on big pointy hoods um long pointy sticks a lot of them also kind of hang around in the the uh the tunnels of the mountains um and uh kind of only come out at night to to raid villages and farms to steal sheep and things your goblins again like your your grots in 40k they're not big they're not fighty but there's a lot of them Mm. They, they they like to fight with vast numbers. Um, um, your forest goblins, they again they they live in the forest. They have a they're kind of like the savage orc version of the goblins. They have a communion communion with kind of like nature. You'll get your your spider riders in there. Uh, your um, uh, what they called squig herders. Um, uh, yeah. kind of work with the forest goblins. They also work with night goblins as well. But you also get like. Uh, wolf riders as well. Yeah, wolf riders. Um, they do have some really fun, crazy, crazy things in them. The goblin. You, you'll have your um, your goblin doom divers who are a goblin on a massive slingshot. Yeah, with wings. Because why not? Um, you have your um, your netters in there. They're just guys who run around with net nets and try and capture things in nets. Um, and then you have my favourite one, which I've forgotten the name of, the ones with the big ball and chain. Fanatics. Fanatics. Um, they are literally goblins who have a ball on a massive steel ball on a chain, and they spin around very, very fast. They don't care where they go, who they hit, what they do, as long as there's destruction. Um, and they're hilarious. Um, because, yeah, a small green psychotic little animal being swung around by a ball on a chain is hilarious on anybody's point of view. Um, so that's your kind of goblins there. Um, they also, you've got your snotlings in there, and they, they do work mostly with the goblins. Um, you get your snotling pump wagons and things, but they're kind of, they're the dog's bodies for your goblins in there. Um, again, you've got your squigs. Um, you do get squig riders, uh, so squig hoppers in fantasy, so goblins on squigs. Um, again, because who doesn't love a small, maniacal little green thing bouncing around on a big ball of teeth? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's um, kind of the main things. What else have we got here? Well, I think the thing that we've got to say is that, like, black orcs and yes, um, we've also got the hobgoblins um, are a are in particular are goblinoid race well orcoid and goblinoid races which mm. were created by as slave races by the chaos dwarves um so that's where their origin is and, and what is it hobgoblins are like bigger than goblins but not 
So again, they're more they're almost man-sized goblins. Yeah. I think um, it was harking back to that kind of ring-esque world where it might have been a an amalgamate an amation of a couple of different races yeah. to make them. Um and then we have the Noblars, who are another goblin-like race, um, which are a slave race to the ogres. Yep. Yeah, um, they're um they're also a bit odd because they're not te- they're not generally green. The Noblars, um, they generally more have a more pinkish hue to them. Yeah. Um, so even though they're they're kind of related to the goblin the goblin race, but it's kind of an off branch, and they're they're even more skinny and knobbly and gangly, yeah. Gangly looking, picking up little bits of thing detritus that is left around. So uh, within Warhammer Fantasy, um orcs are not a playable character type currently. Um so <laughs> so the thing is that how do we go about using orcs in our games? Because Again, we could always fall into typical tropes where, oh, look, yeah. there's orc raiders or it's uh, you know, a band of orcs and goblins or whatever are attacking someplace or, or so forth. So what are your ideas on how we should really break away from that? So I like to take the view that that's kind of what I was saying at the end of the 40K section is the orcs as a society, they're not just that warlike thing we see that below that they have to have some form of society that allows them to exist between the fights um they are constantly on the lookout for a fight but they have to get there and they have to survive between that but how do they do that so the empire or just the old world in general is it's quite a large place and they're around so one common theme that seems to arise in a lot of people's ideas is that of the pirate orc. Um, so you could maybe have um, a group of orcs that is actually more pirate themed. Um, they like to travel around on boats and they like to um, loot in that kind of aspect. So it kind of, again, it's forming back into that trope, but it's kind of changing that image of them. Mm-hmm. But then again, there might be another tribe out there who, is again they've maybe gone a little bit weird because those within all the, the the fluff they always talk about when you become a when when they become a savage orc so you're not born a savage they're not born and raised a savage orc in the way that they're born and raised they become savage or they become a bone splitter because they start to think differently they start to paint things and they start to draw things and they start to do things that are not seen as orcish so you could quite easily take that however you want mm-hmm. um and when these happen when these things happen the the orc that's kind of going native or going savage and painting things and talking funny and chanting gets kicked out of its tribe so you could quite easily have a point where you actually run into a lone orc who has been removed from his tribe because he's being a bit funny and you run into him and depending on Kind of how you want to run it the orc could well be up for a conversation and you could end up actually talking to them and trying to trade with them and calm them down so they don't kill you or you could help him try and find his way in life and find out where he is and what weird things are actually happening to him um 
there were other ways that it could he could form a tribe by himself with other people with other weird orcs which could want to trade so they could kind of go down the merchant pirate route so they could be pirates but they could also want to go well we've got this loot it's not very useful for us there's a big army over there which we can't beat up they've got stuff we want could we trade with them so we can then go and beat them up and then get the stuff that we gave them back so there's all sorts of kind of different ways you can play the the or play an encounter with the orcs yes they are savage and they are bestial but they're not stupid and yeah. i think that's one of the things that people seem to forget they're not stupid they just think differently yeah uh, the other thing i'll say is that of course the the danger with warhammer mm. is you could fall down the idea that you're going to create an adventure which is a dungeon crawl like a certain game yes. you're going from room to room and the orcs are creatures to kill as you progress from room to room yeah. now that you're, you're, you're I think is a bad. disservice to what you should be presenting which is how because you know by going into the woods and to the uh, you know to find out to find out where the orcs are whatever reason you've got to go find them you're going to go and witness how the orcs live in some tri- uh, in some encampment uh, and, and village or in the case of well for not you know dungeons don't exist things like the idea the concept of a dungeon from D&D doesn't exist no nope. so what does exist well, there's all the abandoned, uh, mm-hmm. ma- the all the abandoned underground uh, kingdoms mm. of the dwarves, which have been overrun by orcs and goblins. So, again, what you're really trying to present is a different world, a different kind of settlement, a different type of environment, and how these orcs and goblins have taken over these lands. And then, really, the the point is more about well, why are you going down in there? It's not you're not going down there to just maybe maybe you have been sent to clear out the orcs, but it's unlikely in Warhammer that you've been sent to do that because you're just lowly party of mortals. You've been sent down there to recover something from that kingdom, or to find, or it's it's to find passageway through it to the other side of the mountain range, or. Yeah, you know, there's all manner of reasons that you would have to go down into these old dwarven kingdoms that exist under the mountains. Uh, so I think the point is that you you shouldn't again fall into the thing that you're going to throw wave upon wave upon wave of orcs at uh, your well your, your your group of people. Yeah, no, I think that that's that's one of the key things. Is like they are not your 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 trope baddie. As they are in some systems, um, but they're also kind of they are another society. They're another race that a struck a loose structure to the society. But they are also they are as I think one key point that you put here is they're not evil. Yeah, they are yeah. not kind of that perversion of humanity that chaos represents. They are not that. They are not evil. They are just a race that is very tribal like and very brutish but they are a society and they do have a loose structure and a loose gathering and and rules to follow Mm. um and they are 
out there to to survive and they fight to survive and they fight to live um but they are and they do it within their own kind of concepts they're not out there as an evil malignant force and i yeah. think that's again it's something that within the fantasy kind of game you need to make sure that that is known um yeah they're, they're, they're not the good guys but they're not evil yeah so let's then move on to the last segment of this, which is covering Age of Sigma and Oryx. So again, um, as it stands, from what we understand from Soulbound, what uh, what material has been published so far uh, and, and spoiled so far, uh, you know, we're, uh, you're only going to be playing characters from. Uh, Factions that are part of the Grand Alliance of Order, so mm -hmm. uh, that so you're not going to be playing orcs. So again, you know what we'll be discussing here is about more about where orcs are, where they live in the mortal realms, what they do, what they're getting up to, and then about really mostly ideas on how to present them, which are going to be, I guess, fairly similar to what we've been saying about Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah. So again, Debbie, you've got you've got a bit more. Um, You've read around Oryx a, a lot more than I have, uh, so again, you can lead this section. Yeah, yeah, it's um, again, it, it's it is, as we say, it's pretty much the same as Warhammer Fantasy, as far as we know at the moment. We don't have too much details on Soulbound, but the ideas that you can use, you can take straight from what we were just talking about with Warhammer Fantasy. There, um, the major differences really are kind of in a little bit of the backstory and a bit of the naming terminology of things. Um, so what, what Games Workshop have done with the Age of Sigmar range is they have kind of rebranded everything and renamed a lot of things. So orcs are now oryx. Um, your goblins are now grots. Um, snotlings, as far as I'm aware, have not been introduced yet. Um, squigs are still squigs uh, because that's not used anywhere else. Trolls are now called Trogoths, um, so they're kind of renaming things, and Giants are now called Gargants as well. Um, that's another part of the kind of destruction theme. So um, there's a lot of rebranding re in a way. So um, kind of the background is, we were talking about earlier, is a two, was a two-headed god um, who was trapped in the mortal realms before Sigmar arrived in a fight with somebody he couldn't beat. Um, and he was not happy about this. Uh, so Sigmar came along and helped him beat this, other cre this, this creature, and they became friends because of it. And so Gorka Walker was then one of Sigmar's closest allies, and they went around and had lots of fun fighting things. Um, eventually, uh, Gorka Walker got a little bit bored of this, and... Um, there was a few subtle hints dropped by some other people that maybe he shouldn't be taking orders from Sigmar. Hmm. And uh, so he um, yeah, told Sigmar to kind of get stuffed and went off and started the first WAG and, and just went out on his own and just kind of went a bit mental um, and united all the Orc tribes and they just rained destruction throughout all the mortal realms, um, beating up anything that they came across. They went from one side to the other. When they got back, when they got to one side, Gork and Walker turned around, looked at the edge of the, the realms and went, 
eh, turned around and did it all again, um, just for the fun of it. Um, time moved on. Um, Gork and Walker, as I say, kind of split, kind of didn't split into his two aspects of Gork and Mork. Um, so some clans see him as Gork and Walker, some clans see him as Gork, some clans see him as Mork. There's a bit of a a weird thing going on there with as to what he actually is. Um, within the kind of setting is where things are now. There are many and tribes of Oryx. Um, even the, the the battle tombs don't go into that many. Um, but your main ones are your Iron Jaws, which are effectively your modern version of Black Orcs. They have your best armor, the biggest weapons, ride the biggest beasties, and just are brutal um, and cunning. Um, and then the other one is your Bone Splitters, modern version of your Savage Orcs, and they are your cunning and brutal idea of things and so they kind of they're a bit more of your spell your your magic users um your weird boys and your things um and they're all out on what they call the great wag and it's a never-ending war um and they just kind of again it's that overarching theme of go out and fight things um beyond that then the smaller braces you've got the grots um these kind of fit back into your your two main groups of your moon clan, which is the old um, night goblins. Um, they are worship the fungus. They love fungus. They love worship the moon. Um, take a lot of eat a lot of mushrooms. I'll be careful there. Um, then you've got your spider fang grots, who are your old um, forest goblins, um, because they're smaller than orcs but they are still part of the 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 wag and the that kind of psychic thing that they have going on but they're not quite as prominent so they have something called the gloom which is their name for the wag because it's not quite as powerful but they call it the gloom spite hence the battle tomb gloom spite gets um but because of the the the, the vast nature of the realm um, you get many different types of clans and tribes, and you can probably make up anything you really want to do with the Oryx in Age of Sigmar at the moment. You've got eight realms. Each has a different theme. Each will allow the Oryx to kind of express themselves in a different way. Mostly they do come from Gur, um, which is the realm of, let me get this right, life, I think. Um, um, no, it's, no, it's beasts. It's, it's, yeah, realm of beasts. Realm kind of beasts because they like hunting beasts. Is is, uh, is life. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they mostly live in Gur because they like hunting beasts. The bigger, the better. Again, it's kind of like to prove themselves, they have to take on the next biggest thing, which is why the one who leads the the clan is always the biggest. They're always looking to fight something bigger. And so Gur, realm of beasts, lots of beasts. But they are found in all the different different uh, mortal realms. So you could you could take someone from um, Hish, the realm of fire, um, and you could have them as kind of more like your kind of bone splitters, and they they're not wearing much, but they have maybe rock rock armor, carrying around rock clubs. Um, they have uh, fire throwing weapons instead of um, arrows. You can kind of theme them to the realms quite easily, um, but it's not just again. It's not, you, 
it won't be just related to that warlike nature. It'll be related to the society and how they kind of want to exist and actually manage to survive as a society will be dictated by the realm that they come from. So a group that comes from the realm of beasts is not going to live the same way as something that comes from the realm of death. Something that comes from the realm of life is not going to work in the same way as something that comes from the realm of shadows. So when you start to think about these kind of aspects, because they are fungoid, it allows them to adapt to the different um, worlds, I suppose, and the different natures within these realms and adapt and change and survive to that. So we can see all the, you can start to see how you can kind of expand the idea of what an auric is, like we were talking about with the tribes of in, in fantasy and 40 K where you've got in 40 K, you've got your, um, uh, do I remember the names of them? Um, your goths and your evil sons are different to your snake bites and your death skulls. You can kind of take that idea and apply it across the realms. Yeah. Um, but again, we don't have any names for much of this. And this is kind of all just stuff that is coming off my head and conversations with other people. But yeah, it's still developing. Cause, so it's cause, developing uh, ideas. Because certain, certain areas of Age of Sigma have been more well-developed than others. So mm -hmm. like, um, you know, certain realms, certain, only certain portions of the realms, let's be honest. Um, yeah. A vast amount of uh, everything material produced so far really only covers like the uh, the great parch of um, of the realm of fire or areas of like the realm of life uh, around where the Sylvaneth uh, domain lies and things yeah. like that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So orcs can be you could you can actually there's some freedom in how you represent them uh, depending on which realm they come from and. Uh, there's even like I think in certain novellas they talk about like orcs having like possibly depending on which realm or place like having explosive blood or something like that. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, there've been hint, there've been hints and and things about that. There was a nice little snippet in one of the books where yeah, orc blood is explosive. But again, I think the, the one line in a book. Yeah, I think the point is again much like Warhammer Fantasy is to really try and present them as a society, a very diverse society mm. that changes depending upon the realm that that you that they're from. Uh and and really just trying hard to make them more than just way you know, some type of creature that you send wave after wave at the players mm. who have to kill them enough to grind through them to get the XP, to get the whatever skills. Um, that isn't really what Age of Sigma roleplay is about, even. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just it just means like thinking a bit more intelligently about about the the locations, the environments, the the culture, mm. and and why are these orcs? Why are these goblins doing what they're doing? I mean, yeah, they do generally fight for no apparent reason, but they're also um, easily manipulated by more intelligent races and antagonists. And that is obviously a, a route to uh, interesting plots. Right. With that, um, 
I think we're done, aren't we? I think we are. Yeah. Um. So Wait, yeah. Um, orcs, some... orcs, and orcs. There's a lot there. Uh, Again, we've only really kind of scraped the surface here. So. Yeah. There's 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 tons to talk about with yeah. um other things or or particular locations. We'll drill down into more specifics when when we can, and especially with like. Soulbound. Once that's released, we can mostly talk about things in more concrete terms. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, the orcs are fun. They're not stupid. Uh, you just got to think a bit harder about what you're doing with them. They're not just some cannon fodder to use in games. Uh, you know, don't let it turn into that. I think is the the main point. Yeah. Take the idea of what you've got in Age of Sigmar and within 40k, where you've got these specific things. So 40k, you've got your your nice distinct tribes. Use that. Age of Sigmar, you've got the the realms where you can get different things from them. Use that and expand the on upon the expand upon the ideas. Uh, yeah, and I think so. I think we're yeah. With that, we're at the end of our hour or so. Um, so thank you again, David, uh, for helping me out with this. Uh, no. I think next topic, we'll go for something a little bit narrower and we'll do more of a vertical slice through one of the settings. Because I, right. think, I think we've done some broad topics so far and I think it'd be good to really drill Delve down. Uh, and that way an episode is mostly a lot more uh, informative for people for, for what they need. Um, and for now, if people want to get in contact with us, they can find us on Twitter at Darker Days Radio. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram at Darker Days Radio. We have our WordPress blog. Uh, we have also our Discord community where you can discuss these games and more. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it for now. So. I guess we will talk to you again sometime soon. So yep. for now, bye-bye. Bye-bye.